Hello, this is a Jay the Shark and Friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. And on today's show, we're talking to legend chef and owner of Tatonka Restaurant, Harold Schwartz. German board Harold, or the Big H, is one of our nine German listeners, and he tells us about his journey to Phuket, starting in the kitchens in Germany as he travelled around the world mastering his trade until an opportunity to bring German sausage to Bangkok was the catalyst to him living and working in Thailand. We like Harold, he's super cool. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Can we start off by learning some good German swear words? Do I, think I have to think about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to you know, keep a good language because, um, you know, you've been in public now. I don't know now. what our German listenership is like, to be honest. Yeah. It, it might be quite wide and varied. Nine people. Yeah, I like it. So, Harold from yeah. Tatonka, yeah. as in the big H, as Russell decided to call you. Um, thank you for being on. We, pleasure. We, we've heard that you're a, a regular listener. I say regular. You've well, lately, to it because lately. I have a bit more time. Before, I didn't have the time for it. And it just, it just it pops up, you know. And uh, if I see somebody, a lot of these people I know, yeah. some I don't know, I never met, but some I know. So it'd be interesting to see what is their story. Because many times you, same as me, many people don't even know about, you know, your background and before you came here, what you've been doing and... Still, you know. I mean, uh, prior to this, I mean, obviously people will find out as we go through the pod, but nobody knew that you used to work for CIA. So, I mean, it's things like that that come out on these sort of podcasts. What's the German equivalent of CIA? What, what, ask the German. What's the German equivalent of CIA? What's your secret service secret called? Secret service. Yeah. They have uh, Geheimpolizei. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Actually, yeah. <laughs> mm. I never got had anything to do with them, you know. Sure. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, Not obviously. that I know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just keep that a secret, right? Yeah. Um, Harold, how long have you been on Phuket for? Long time already. Came here ninety four. Wow. And that's twenty six years. And obviously you're you're from German. Yeah. From German. From Germany even. Yeah. Um, did you come directly from Germany to Phuket or was there anything I had a direct flight Munich, Bangkok I did, yes. But okay. I I've been roaming around a bit, you know, with my profession. I've been roaming around, uh, cooking, chefing, in, uh, you know, all over the place. Not all over the place, but quite a bit. And then uh, one day the opportunity came, and I was back. I was already abroad, and I was in the States, and I was in France, Switzerland. I went back to Germany for a short, short period, and then uh, a friend asked me to join him to come to Thailand to open a, uh, a restaurant in Bangkok, and that was in 94. Okay, so let's really track back then. So how did the cooking start? When did that passion erupt you know, inside I, your I, body? It's, it's funny because most chefs will tell you they learned it as with their mother when they're like really young age. This is a cliche. And I heard this a lot is of something what people want to know, well. right? <laughs> Which is, I mean, a lot of people pick it up later. Yeah, no, I, I had. I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at home. I didn't get inspired at home. My my mom was an okay cook, but she wasn't really. It wasn't really like wow. This that. What we did is was 
baking every every weekend we bake cakes or, or cookies and stuff like that okay. I love that you know but funny thing is that my brother who's a year older but left school two or three years before me he enrolled as a pastry chef and I didn't want to compete with him so I always wanted to have a job where I can travel the world. I was fascinated as a, when I was a teenager watching documentaries and all that all around the world. I said, I want to have a job where I can get around in the world. And photography was actually my, my, one of my passions, but it's, it's just not so easy to, you know, be a National Geographic photographer. Yeah. How many yeah. end up doing just <laughs> wedding right. pictures and, and, or in studios and working this way? I didn't want to do that. I tried, but. But then one day I had a chance, I, I left school, I, I decided not to study, I, I wanted to do something with my hands and I didn't want to keep on books and stuff like that. So I, uh, I was always doing little jobs when I was uh, young. On weekends we worked in a bakery, we, we worked in hotels doing dishwashers, we do, you know, bellboys in, in hotels and earning extra money on weekends and you know, have pocket changes on. But somehow, and I had friends who actually started cooking and worked in a hotel. I worked with them and did the dishes. And somehow, one day, I, uh, when I left school, I said, okay, I had an opportunity to have an apprenticeship in a, the best restaurant in the area. And Which area was that? Where you it's, it's in Upper Bavaria. It's close to the Austrian border. It's an hour south of Munich. I grew up in a small town. It's a skiing area. In the, in the winter, everybody's up skiing. In the summer, it's all, it's all outdoors. And in that next bigger town which was 10k of away from that where I went to school I, I uh, had the chance to to start working in this restaurant and it was I was so lucky I was 18 then and we we're only six apprentices one chef we got the Michelin star the next year the following year I was there and we we're able to do everything because many times when you start young in in the kitchen you do all the shitty work you know you peel onions potatoes kill all the fish, you know, and all that dirty work, you know, but we were able to do everything. So I had a great, a great So that time. was your, your culinary school was The Apprentice? That right. We went to school and in the old, old days, it was like four days a week, you would work in a restaurant. One day a week, we'd go to school to learn, you know, classic stuff, uh, theory, all the, all the thing you need to know to pass the test eventually after three years. But it's most of the things you really learn at the job. You know? So during that training period, was there a part of the, the kitchen that you were more passionate to go towards? Was it pastry or was it fish mm. or meat or salads? I, I like it all. I like the variety. I like pastries, yes, I, I do. Because I always had a sweet tooth, you know, yeah. always. But then I didn't want to compete with my brother. So, and, and if you become a pastry chef, even in hotels or restaurants, there's there's a limited position available when you are when you're good overall you have a lot more choices sure. so so you don't want to at the end you need to specialize whether you do pastries or you do the other cooking only in small places maybe people do everything you know did your brother have the drive to get into like, to be a pastry chef was that his yeah I, I want to go down that direction or a little bit like yourself just no it wasn't also it wasn't he wanted to it. be a policeman and uh <laughs> it's just uh it just happened, you know, that you have... So we got uh, to the peas. Everybody thinks we have, we have something at home, like my parents have a hotel, a restaurant, and stuff like that. Both, both sons are actually ending up in the culinary yeah. scene, right? So, but no, it just, it just, it just... But he's really good what he's doing, and I, I think I'm doing okay as well. <laughs> so, uh, 
But for me, it was just an opportunity to get get out in the world, and I didn't stay very long in Germany. I, well, that, that's my next yeah. point. So when did the the first steps take outside of oh, Germany? After the three years, I went to Munich to to work in uh, Munich. Still in Germany, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just, just about yeah. <laughs> Munich, right? It's the next big city, and uh, worked there. And then I got uh, got the chance to. Uh, I made friends with a guy who recruits people to go overseas to Bermuda, and I had friends who've been there. I said, "Wow, great island, beautiful, you know, fun." And okay, let's go. Uh, told my parents, might not see me for a while. I'm going. I'll pack my bags. Six months later, I'm back. How old were you at the but time? I was 22. Okay. What happened in Bermuda? But no, no, it was, it was, no, it was, it was only basically a, a high season contract. Oh, okay. Right, right. Because it is not that all year round. Sure. It's not quite as far south as the mm -hmm. Caribbean. So in the winter time, it gets stormy, windy, yeah. and you don't have many tourists there. So most jobs are kind of seasonal, March till October, something like that. So I, I worked in one of the best restaurants on the island in, in a golf resort, but I know with French and German chefs, but I noticed that I was I was on that culinary thing, and I I noticed that I need to go back to Europe to 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 learn a, you know more things you know more more basic skills and all that and and have a good CV a good uh, resume uh, go to France Switzerland the classic way some good places and then venture overseas. So that was again. your plan. So your plan was to go and learn more because you just didn't know the classic basics. Well, so much. Well, you didn't know did some of them, some, sorry, but, but not I was, you know, as you after to. three years, it's, you learn the basics, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you're far yeah. away from being really a complete chef. Nobody really is, but, you know, to, to be able to, to go overseas and, and ask for a decent salary, you got to have a good background yeah, and some yeah. skills. So I went back to work in, in Switzerland, in France, usually. We go like seasonal, you know, so I can, because I love to do sports. So I go skiing, I miss that. I go skiing, work in a, in a skiing resort, and in the summer, I go somewhere either the seaside or lakeside to have, enjoy that as well. So that was great. I went and worked hard there in Switzerland, France. You work hard, but you learn a lot. You make good friends, you meet good people, but you also live in a beautiful place. That's Absolutely. what I love yeah. about this job, and you know? Sort of culturally, you know, being in France and Switzerland, that's would be the places that you would go to, to learn. You know, Definitely. Right. <laughs> I mean, once you got some good, good names on, on your CV from, from these places, it's recognized all over the world. Correct, yeah. So then it will makes it a lot easier in the future to, to, you know, to get a job somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So. And when did the American thing happened? Well, that was after, um, after I thought I'm, I'm ready to go overseas again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Well, you know, it was, that was in 89, I was, I was 24 then, and um, I did, I did uh, you know, a few seasons in, 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 in uh, Switzerland, in France, it was, it was tough, but I learned a lot, I, I, ma I, I managed to become very fluent in French as well, which I never did when I was in school, <laughs> but there I had to, and I, 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 I got kicked in the butt hard in, in, at work, you know, to especially in France, it really, it's tough there. I, was, I remember I was in the hotel, I was the only one of 40 people in the kitchen who was not French, you know. Right, okay. So then it's you really learn like the language, thumb. you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's, um, when you were growing up, before we get to now, 
was French because the, the, the French cuisine was at that time was kind of the pinnacle. If you knew right. French culinary, you know that was everyone said that French food was the best. Was that your opinion as well when you were going there, and that's why you wanted to really push with the French thing, and that's why there was lots of French people working? There's a lot of partly, questions in that bit. Partly, yes. It's uh, definitely at that time French cuisine was on its pinnacle, and then it was if you had worked in France and, you, and if if you done that, it's 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 a bit accurate, right? But uh, I wouldn't say it's the best, especially if you haven't been to Asia yet, right? That was the next. Yeah, that yeah. was a well, step is, further. Yeah, well, that was a step further. Person. But your basic skills, you definitely learn that because they, the way they work, and they still do in France, is very traditional, and it's and it's a lot of work to the way the way they do things. It's uh, to make the sauces, to make this and that. It's just you know, it's very complex. Has it moved on since? those times I'm sure yes yeah because but I guess we're not there so we don't see the well there we always will be these traditional places restaurants uh, the traditional cuisine which well done will be always thought after and successful classic cuisine will be or we always support us for that but especially for the young people they like to move on they want to see something new something different and I felt after after all these years, uh, I always said you gotta come to Asia because when I started, there, there was much not much talk about it. But actually, when I went to the States to work there, then it became came to me. You know, especially being on the West Coast, the Asian influence now and then the food with the Pacific Rim and and you know that bit of fusion starting to getting the Asian influence in there then it, it just gets to you and that's that's what's what's happening and it so was happening in the states did you end up i got i got a job offer from four seasons in uh, newport beach southern okay. california so that was that was a fantastic newport uh, newport is is a pretty ritzy area mm -hmm. and i always remember that because i when i went there i didn't have much money so i, I wanted to have you know buy some wheels somebody offered me for 200 bucks, uh, an old Ford Torino. <laughs> it was so, nice. it was so ugly. <laughs> and the police pulled me over so many times because, you know, there were Beamers, Rolls Royce, <laughs> and all in that neighborhood, it's a very rich neighborhood. And I drive around and they would just pull me over so many times because I had this big ugly car. Took, took a lot of gasoline, but yeah. it took me around. It wasn't, it was not, it wasn't that expensive then, but it took me around. Yeah. Okay. Over on, on, in America, that, is that the first time you kind of touched with the, the Asian flavors and that's the first time you kind yes. of felt them? Yes. Felt them. That's a the first Tasty. time you felt an Asian was <laughs> in, in America. <laughs> so what sort of things were, were you cooking there? Was it because it more uh, Japanese and Hawaiian um, kind of, or Polynesian flavors? Well, actually, Hawaiian was later when I moved to Hawaii. Oh, wow. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, yeah that work. was a year in California where where you have it's it's Asian as well, but you also have a lot of Southern exposure. Mm -hmm. You know, South American, yeah, Middle American, because a lot of Latinos it's are it's in California Mexican, yeah. working also with you, mm -hmm. colleagues, Mexicans, Ecuador, and they bring in, in especially in Southern California, Mexican influence is very big. And the food is Mexican restaurants, is Mexican food, mm. and it's it's big there, and that's what people like. Asian, yes, a little bit, but it was more that. But then um, I moved to Colorado after after one year in California, nice. and then uh, worked in Aspen. Mm. You know, able to ski like nice. fantastic. The skiing up there is oh, amazing. Fantastic. The best. Oh, 
fantastic. I skied Vale one year, yeah. and it was just every morning. Just woke up, and there was just powder. It's like it yeah. didn't even snow last night. Where's this come from? Yeah. And it just uh, amazing skiing. And working in restaurants, you you can ski every morning. I mean, sure, I yeah. skied my butt out. I really skied my skied skied so much, and it was it my favorite sport still. Well, now I was going to say, you don't get much of it, difficult. do you? No, yeah. <laughs> but so, it was, yeah. So let's move forward a little bit. So in, in 94, you got the call to come to Bangkok. So how did that all happen? Yeah, I was back in... Uh, after four years in the States, I went back to, to, to Germany and I got a call from a friend to help him out. His chef, his chef in the kitchen is, is giving him a bit trouble. He's not... Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. So your friend was here already? We knew each other through a common friend. Okay. We, we apprenticed together and then uh, I got this call. I wasn't planning to stay. I, I wanted to move on. I just wanted to come home for after four years. Mm. I haven't been home four years to see my parents sure. and my friends. And then I wanted to leave again. But then I got this phone call. I said, okay, I help you out. And somehow it, it became a whole year. And after this year, I said, no, nah, it's just, I got to go now. I got to, this is, you know, he was okay. And then he got this uh, opportunity to, to open this uh, authentic Bavarian restaurant in Bangkok. And he asked me, you want to be on my team? I said, sure. Probably not coming back after that, but, yeah. you know, I'm gone. <laughs> so what type of, what, what is Bavarian food? To be honest, I mean, I, I eat it, but I never really practiced it, you know, because <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I learned the cooking, I, I was, it was more like a, um, a, a French version of, with, with local ingredients, lighter cuisine, more refined. I did never do the, the typical Bavarian cuisine. Typical Bavarian cuisine is lots of meat, pork, mm. dumplings, Heavy. You know, stews, um, rich, rich food, generally, rich okay. food. Sausage, sausage, sausage and beer. Yeah, of course, sausage as well. You know, beer, a lot of pork. We're using a lot mm. of pork. You know, eat chicken and duck too, yeah. but mainly pork, cabbage. You know, just, just real good for food, the vegans, though. basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Go to Bavaria. Yeah. Lovely place. But um, so it wasn't so much the cuisine, but it was more the opportunity. It to was never, it was never my thing. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I said, okay, I can do it. Yeah. And this sure, was your first. So Bangkok was your first experience of Asia as a whole. True. Wow. What was that like? <laughs> Look at the little smile on his face. Was, yeah. You love it or hate it. Actually, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. it's it's uh, either you said no, that's it. I I, I ran away. Especially Bangkok. Bangkok yeah. is just so so intense, overwhelming. Yeah, you yeah. know. And then, uh, but. Uh, I didn't love Bangkok. I didn't, I, I'm not a city boy. I am a country boy. I grew up in the country. I love nature. I mm. love animals. I, I don't like the city. It stresses me out. But I love the food. I love the women. <laughs> um, the smells of good and fresh food everywhere. Uh, warm temperature. Um, easy going lifestyle. If you're not in the stock in traffic, okay. Yeah. But. But then, uh, yeah, all that. And then I said, okay, this is all nice, but not Bangkok. So we, after that, we finished that job. It was just handing over that, that, that opening to, to their staff and all that, train them, and, and then got my money and then went down to Samui on a week holiday with my friend. It's been there. I was in small bungalows in Chaweng. It was beautiful, mm -hmm. all that. Looked around, yeah, Samui is a bit small. You know, it's like, it's nice, but... To live there for a long time, yeah. it's a bit, you always need either 
a plane or boat to get there, and, and it's a bit small. And uh, went, we went to Phuket for a week after that. That's it. Love Great. That. All my friends left. I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> I started looking for a job around here, and then I knocked on some doors, and then I got the job at uh, here in Laguna, right down the road. Do so this is about 95, 96? That was uh, 94, still 94. Oh, still 94, oh, okay. Still, still the same year. Because oh. the opening bank was only two months. Oh, wow, okay. So at the end of end of '94, I came down here, and just middle of December I started, you know, here. At I the didn't know you who, so at who are you working with? Oh. There were some. I mean, they're all gone by now, you know. Yeah. The GMs don't really last no, very I mean, long. I mean, the, the hotels. Which hotels were you? Tucson. You were at Tucson. Okay, cool. That's where I met my girlfriend then. Right. Okay. She was. Uh, she was the. Uh, the manager for all the sport and entertainment. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, the podcast listener won't get that. Yeah, but the yeah. way you just did that look yeah. to Russell, sports. Mm. <laughs> nice. That's what yeah. it came yeah. out like. The cheeky little right. grin. The cheeky yeah. little grin was lovely. So whenever I, was, I wasn't working, I had time off. <laughs> I would use go out with a laser. I go with the kayak. I do this and that. She was in charge of water sports mm. and all that. Tennis, you know. I should explain to, to Russell, laser's a boat. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not James Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know he's got the accent yeah. to be a James Bond baddie, but he's not trying to, you know, laser him in half. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew. Just anyway. I have to keep him up right. sometimes. Yeah. He'll keep me up sometimes. Yeah. We should want to be careful how we say that. But anyway. He kept me up. <laughs> It's been a long time, Russ. But hotels are hotels. Are hotels, are hotels is, it's, I, I wasn't, here in Asia, it's very political. You know, it's like, you know, it's in the hotels. There's so it's much still politics. It's like that now, you know. It is. It's stupid. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I who don't is, like who working is, who's hotels. Who's boss? And then everyone's yeah. like, Jesus, we the can work together. You know? Yeah, the it's different like departments don't yeah, seem to yeah, want to yeah, work together. Yeah, it's yeah. all very yeah, it's like kind a, of when a war behind the doors. You know? yeah. it's, like, it's like, Jesus, Just who can screw who? And then no, like that is who can screw who. And that's what, you know, and everyone's in it for them. This is where my tribalistic thing I get. And it's it's like that in hotels. You get the different tribes. Of the different groups, yeah, they yeah. all are so. Exactly. No one wants to work yeah, together yeah, and no, drive no. it forward. No. Well, apart, there are some differences. Sorry, we're going to get on hotel yeah. now. Is Trasara? I feel there's a difference in Trasara attitude. And when I've gone there, mm. the staff do all seem to pull together, all right. seem to work together. Now, maybe that's because of El Presidente, uh, Mr. Lark. I don't know, but there does. There's mm. a difference. And maybe with just some hotels that. Well, they pull the, the best best people from everywhere together. Yeah, in a place like that, mm. they can select. They can afford it. They yeah. can select and can afford it. They but get yeah, the no, best people. you're right. Genuine hotels so, yeah. are very. Ugh. Yeah. Out of interest, before you went to the Doucet, obviously you've, you've been here for a little while. You, you don't want to go back to Europe. You want to stay here in Phuket. So it was a case of, I just need to find a job. Is that yeah, the, I the liked it, the but I, I had the intention, uh, you know, when I had this job offer in, uh, for the the opening, which was only, of course, very yeah. limited time, good money though, very limited time. But uh, I said. If I like it, I should stay, you know, because okay. I always wanted to come to Asia. And did and so you have any outside of that? Did you have any idea of I want to, you know, set up my own thing or I just want to work here? And no, because I knew it was difficult to, right. to okay. get situated. That's usually is we need a work permit. Yeah. You need all this and this and that. And so it's just end up in hotels. I've done it so many times. You cannot just go in a new country and, and, yeah. and do your thing, in a, you know, okay. unless, you know. You're very, very connected, but generally you start, you know, and then you start looking around. But that's what I did, you know. One so high season there, and that was it. You know. And how long were you at Doucet for? Just one high season. Uh, and then? 
because apparently they are created my special position only f to back up the executive chef and their position normally is not really in that hotel okay <laughs> so it was only good for the season but never mind i said okay i uh, i i had enough of hotels i want to do my own thing but i needed to have a bit more money and i need to have find find a bit uh, the right thing you know so, so after you robbed the bank and got the money <laughs> is that how it happened or not i did a few consulting jobs after after that stint at Dusit and i uh, went to I went to Malaysia, to Penang, to work there for two months, you know, consulting. And consulting is, is tough work, all really, really. Uh, but long hours, a lot of stress, and everybody expects you to, to change the whole thing in, in, in no time mm. around to make it successful. And, uh, but it's well paid, you know. And so, and I did another opening in Singapore for the group, which I did in Bangkok. So that was another was two that months another there. Was Bavarian restaurant in Singapore? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a microbrewery. They do the microbrewery there and do authentic. And that was um, Where next to the that? Conrad, next to the Conrad, right next to the well, Suntec City. <coughs> well, that one, that one was called Polana, Polana yeah. Brewhouse, which is, Polana is a, a Munich brand, okay. big brand of beer, beer brand. Right? So they did a few, actually. They had one in Beijing. They, had, they have a few around yeah. Asia now. So I did that, and, and then I said, okay, I have money now. I, not a lot, but enough to start off. And uh, then I looked around here. I said, this is a good area. I mean, five-star hotels, yeah. all that. Not much around it, so maybe uh, only on the beach. I had a few restaurants there. But I said, looked around, and I found this uh, shop house available. And then all right, so this is where I want to ask now. So yeah. this is where the Tatonka dream was born, in this yeah. little shop house. Yeah. Tatonka. Yeah. So you're a German from <laughs> close to Bavaria. You've worked in America, so I guess there's going to be a little thing there. But you like Asian food. You liked Asia. So where does Tatonka come in? Although, you unless you're a WWF wrestling fan yeah. and you watched <laughs> WrestleMania 4 or 5 when no, Tatonka came out. You no, know, actually, it, it, all, it, it, it started earlier when I, was, when I was young because I always loved to watch Western and... Okay, Indians and cowboys and all westerns, the, the, yeah. those yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, okay. The Italian ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't some of them are born in Italy, right? Yeah. Anyway, I I always liked that, and but it really started kind of clicking when I was in Colorado when I worked there, and uh, I, I it was my birthday, and one of my colleagues gave me this beautiful North American Indian cookbook, which was not so much about recipes like campfire stuff and this and that but it was full of graphics and illustrations and native Indian art and it's like I still I follow me everywhere and I was there and they had they had a lot of buffaloes in that area in in, in the mountains just, area just and, you know, and where and I grew up in South End there was a lot of buffaloes as well <laughs> yeah ugly munters they were right <laughs> and I, 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 I used to love to go to the movies on my day off when I was working in Aspen and Dancers Wolf comes out now. Dancers Wolf. You watched the whole three hours? Yeah. Oof. I watched them many times. Really? One of my favorite. And that's when I first heard it, thanks to Kevin Costner, right? Tatonka. Really? You remember the scene? Yeah. If you're yeah. a fan of that, you remember the scene where he explained the native Indians that he saw the buffaloes? Yeah, okay, I remember that and scene. And he was doing it, and they said, Tatonka, Tatonka. Uh, see, that's the bison, and that's where it, that's it where just, comes from. That's where so it comes Tatonka from. is bison? The bison, yeah, it's the big buffalo. Yeah. Ah, see, like I said, my only history of Tatonka is the wrestler. 
<laughs> but that's the I'm the only one that were going to get that. Really? I didn't, know. I didn't get that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just thinking when your friend gave you the, the, the recipe book from a, a Native American that it was just sort of sort of some drug infused kind of <laughs> tea. So you go and you take this tea yeah, yeah. and then you're lying there and all of a yeah. sudden it all goes cloudy and steamy and you're up in the air and you're overlooking and this Indian rides across the clouds. Going Tatonka. Tatonka. Yeah. Tatonka. Yeah, it's all up here. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was drugs right. involved. Yeah, exactly. so that's what we're trying right. to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so when you came up, there, I said, was Tatonka in your name for the restaurant for a long time before you even set it up? No. no so how did that, or when, when did that brain you know, I, I, go? I, I, got, I got handled this shop house. It was a two-story shop house mm -hmm. uh, where we are still are now. And it was just a very ugly ceiling, all concrete and all pipes around us, not covering everything. So I thought, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna cover this somehow. And then I had this idea to to make it like a to put canvases on a bamboo <laughs> frame inside, which people thought was crazy. <laughs> you got a roof already. Why are you gonna? Yeah. But that was the idea to make it like a teepee. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. we painted all of them are hand painted. I paint these things myself usually. I like that. This is fun. Oh really? I, I didn't know that. Everything in the restaurant, all the walls, everything I paint. No this. way. Yeah. I didn't know you did all the artwork. Yeah, That's yeah, incredible. Wow. Yeah. I always like to do that. Yeah, was, um, the one thing I yeah. notice when I go there is the toilets with all the different place names. Yeah. Now, is that places that you've been worked, to? That I worked in. I thought wow, was okay. it. Yeah. I want to put it somewhere. People ask, why is it, what's it all about? You know, Globetrotter Cuisine. It's like, funny thing, one guy put something like Red Dog. He wrote something on a towel. He thought everybody can write something else. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Still there. And people ask me, oh, you work, in, you work in Queensland in a Red Dog Hotel? I said, no. <laughs> Somebody put a pen and wrote it so on the tile. I've got a saying to do this, yeah. right? But next time, anyone that goes to Tatonka, yeah. <laughs> take a pen with you mm -hmm. and go and start writing different places. McDonald's, yeah. <laughs> London. Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Make sure all the tiles are written on already. Yeah. There's no more vacancy there. Mama's Noodle Shop. Yeah. There you go. Bogner. So when did the, the, the con so the restaurant itself because the food is interesting there. So you've got a Tatonka, so you've got a Red Indian name, and then you've got a real mixed fusion of right. food from a. So how did you create that menu? And well, was it the same when you first opened, or has it evolved into difference as we I, got? Whatever? I had this idea of you know doing this style, and I always actually stayed with my style, and but it, it evolved, it refined, of course, over mm. the years. Um, it really reflects my my background, you know, places I worked, people I worked with. Like, for instance, one of my f favorite dishes, which has been on there for a while, is like a Cajun zero, the blackened tuna, which I started doing first in Hawaii because we had a, the head chef was from New Orleans. So he brought in this Cajun, you know, cuisine and integrated into the Hawaiian cuisine, Asian with their, you know, with the products and of course the fresh tuna all, all, all the time. And yeah. so we started creating these dishes with blackening spice, Cajun spice around tuna. And, so, and this is one of the favorite dishes, it's still there. That's one thing, like working with people from, you know, if you work there and then people coming from, like myself, from all over the place, different countries, everybody brings in some influence, depending of course, if they'll really let them do it. But in yeah. that's what I like about restaurants because people have a lot more freedom. You work as a team, everybody has some ideas. We work in a hotel is much more of a, you Structured. know. Yeah. So, um, 
but I'm working in all these different places with all these different people, and, and it just it just has these all these influences on you. And, but then you come here, and then you know, I gotta look what's what's available here. I don't want to fly in products from you know from there and there and there. It costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. How do I get it every day? No. So my my principle was always to use local ingredients, fresh local ingredients, available every day, reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. And do something with that. He's doing a plug. He plugged himself there, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> hey, hey. It was, it, Nicely it, done. That. When he drops in the word Just sustainable, <laughs> yeah. that's when. And yeah. we have vegan options, yeah. and we know this is a pure advert. What, what do you enjoy cooking the most in your restaurant? So, if, if there's one dish that would be the go-to dish, apart from the seared tuna, which I've had, it's brilliant. I was going to say seared tuna. Oh, okay, because it. it takes only two minutes to cook. <laughs> You can't really mess it up too yeah. much. I mean, it goes to make sure you stay on there yeah, and you yeah. don't walk away to the toilet in yeah. this way. You know, it's like it's overcooked. And, you know, is that the most popular dish on your menu? Um, no, most popular dishes are our, our tapas, actually, okay. which is, okay, forget, forget Spanish tapas. It's just the tapas style, right? Yeah. And we're probably the first ones who started that. I was going to say, know? because, yeah, I remember going to your place 12 years ago when I first came here. Wow. And it was like, wow, you got tapas style. Love, I mean, I was... I worked in Greece and Turkey, and mm. that the meze style is very similar right. to the tapas mm. style. So I love that style with food on the table, and everyone picking. So to come to your restaurant having that style is like brilliant, because I didn't see anyone else doing it. Right. And then all of a sudden, everybody's <laughs> everyone now serves tapas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but anyway. But still different style. We we still have you know our own style. I mean, you can obviously copy something, but then you can make it if your you own. don't but really, it, it's a sign of you know if people are copying what you're doing, that's a good thing. You know, I, I think so anyway. Yeah. I mean, look how many people now do a podcast. Exactly. 100%. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's, millions. Just gone, it's gone gangbusters. Millions. But it's, it's the quality, right? Yeah. yeah. It does it. Fine. Absolutely. It? We're screwed. It's, quality, it's the quality of our guests. See, that's why the yeah. restaurants lasted so long. We've only done two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you do you still do... I haven't been to a restaurant for a little while, but uh, what about desserts? Because you, your brother oh, yeah. and you train, so you still have the passion to do the dessert side of things? Yes. Because I love desserts, and I think it's totally dessert. neglected. You in don't most look places, like you love dessert, so you're a skinny little thing. No, I'm not skinny, but I... Well, no, you are skinny. And I I've watch also what been I told <laughs> you should never trust a skinny chef. <laughs> so I'm a little bit concerned. That's, that's changed too now. Is it? There are yeah. a lot of lean chefs. There are a lot of... Well, that's because they exercise but, now, isn't but it? But well, the thing is also, you look at a guy, it's like, what you, you are what you eat, basically. Yeah. You, know? you like fatty food, you're going to be a fat guy, mm -hmm. you know? I look at a fat chef, most likely his food is going to be very rich, right? Look because at a fat chef and you're thinking. Right? No, let's I'm name the fattest chef we know. I'm not, let's no not. names, right? Let's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, let's play this game. <laughs> Chefs have got knives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. Okay. Johnny Shark's on his own with this one. <laughs> no, no names, no. Yeah. No, it's, uh, no, but I was, I was, uh, was always very active, I, you know, and I was chubby when I was a kid, you know, I was, I was always put down by my friends. I remember one of my first sports, sports was judo. Then it goes by weight class. Yeah. I lost all the time because I was just heavy. And the others were two heads taller than me. So I was like, right, it was not yeah. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, when I was a teenager, I started I mean, all kinds of sports. But then I said, I will never want to be fat again, you know, thick again. So, but I like to do sports. You know, I grew up, uh, it's all out, where I grew up is all outdoors. It's in skiing in the winter, it's ice hockey, skating. In the summer, you got the rivers, you got kayaking, you got you got everybody plays soccer, tennis, goes hiking, mm -hmm. mountain biking, and it's all outdoors. And we're always outside. 
even in shitty weather. My mom always had to drag me in because I just couldn't get enough. And my brother and all my friends were the same. We were all nuts about exercise well, and sports. Yeah. I mentioned where's your so, brother these days? Second? Where's your brother now? He's in Germany. Yeah. Still there? Okay. He, yeah, but he, he moved around a bit and uh, he was on a cruise ship. He worked in England, Switzerland. Eventually he married an English girl. Okay. I went to their wedding. That was after I, I got fired from the, I got laid off for Dusit. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally had time to go to the wedding. Otherwise, I would have missed that. Yeah. So no, a good thing also yeah. comes out of a bad thing. Anyway, so he married an English girl. They moved back because they want to start a family. And actually, he's back in my hometown. Okay. Lives very close to my parents and has a, a very good uh, confectionery, bakery, okay. pastry. Uh, shop there with a cafe and uh, he's, he's very good he's very he's doing very well as well nice. would good. you ever or did you ever consider doing more than just one restaurant no okay Never. end of that one yeah because <laughs> um, i believe if you're not there it's not going to be the same yeah and I, I always wonder how they do it if people have a couple of restaurants i guess you got to have really good people who would work as yeah. if they own it or you of course you give them a percentage or, yeah. or you know a share of this and that but Still, and people, when you go to a restaurant and, and, and you actually associate it with somebody's name, the owner's name, the chef's name, and you go there and he's not there, it's disappointing. Yeah. I went to, I went to three, uh, two three-star restaurants in, in, up in, in northern Spain, San Sebastian, very well-known, very famous chefs. And you, know, you go there only once in your life, probably. Mm -hmm. Spend a lot of money and you expect to meet or to see the chef. And both places he was not there. And it still was very good, but it's very disappointing. Yeah. Oh, that one guy is uh, book signing, that one is doing this and that, flying around the world to, yeah. you know. Jesus, you know, I mm. come to a restaurant once in my life, yeah. and then you're not there. And you only do dinner? Yeah. Was yes. that another, because you didn't want to work during the daytime? No. Lazy? I mean, it's still, no. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I put you in the right, in the wrong job here if I was lazy. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, recommend this job for somebody yeah. who's lazy, you know. No, it's a lot of hours. No, daytime is more, more, especially when it's busy or when it mm. used to be, then you, uh, I'm outsourcing the products and the ingredients and, and uh, doing this and that. And also have a bit of a, a life as well. I mean, still long hours even on but if you open for lunch, you, you're there all day. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's not worth it. First of all, it's very hot. We don't have air conditioning. It's, it's just fans. Mm. And um, it's, it's good enough in the evening, but uh, daytime is, and those people, People are out doing things there. People are here on holidays. They're out on the beach. They play golf. They're out sailing. They're diving. Have late big breakfast buffet. So they're not really hungry at mm. when it comes to them. people who live and work here. They they will just probably have a quick one somewhere, and you can you can compete with the locals. Yeah. You know, you need 50 baht, 100 baht. You have freshly cooked food there. Don't have to wait long. It's it's just, I think, just now it's a bit more starting that people have, foreigners have lunch places to go to. Before there was, there Nothing, wasn't much yeah. around, wasn't yeah. it? You remember that? Yeah, 100%. There's a few places now here, but you know, now the weather. Russell, he just goes to Peppers. Yeah. A couple of pints. Yeah. But see, in the <laughs> raining season, in the raining season, when, the, when the, some of these guys opened, they were doing well because, you know, when it rains, what do you do? Okay, let's go for lunch, right? Yeah. But the weather is nice. This place is empty. About, yeah. it's, it's and when you first opened to Tonka, which is obviously just outside Laguna, yeah. um, there wasn't much else. No. 
So when did Supper Club, did that come after Three you? years later. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. So they've been around 20 over yeah. years now too. And then you've watched people come and go as well. That yeah. little strip has had a lot of changes. A little bit of turnover oh, and change. Now there was nothing here. I mean, this, this was all scrubs and plants <laughs> over there. Mm. I mean, it was nothing. Where the boat avenue is now, it was like, it was like, a it was just oh, nature. I remember, yeah. yeah. So was nothing. Ride my bike over there. Yeah. There was nothing. I mean, you wouldn't even Leave believe it. it's going to be like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's changed, changed a lot. But um, better or worse, I mean, it's, it's sad that nice places always get, mostly get overdeveloped oh, because people just can't get enough, you know? Yeah. If you ask me if it stopped five years ago, it would have been perfect, you know? But now it's just, I guess. So what's well, the plan with now? Are you, gonna, are you here for the long term? Are you going to start? Because obviously COVID aside, obviously, that's yeah. affecting all of us. You know, I, I, I'm still actually fairly young. I'm not, not, not old enough to retire, but I, I, I got, you know, you want to have a bit more time for yourself, especially when, when business is maybe a bit slow, like in the rainy season. So my plan was to take a bit more time off in the summer this last year, mm. which didn't quite work out. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to travel, you what know, extensively. <laughs> Travel a bit more and uh, let the staff handle it for change. Let them do it without me as long as they don't lose any money. It's like a couple of months, go to Europe, go mm -hmm. summer, spend, you know, this and that, and be back for the high season all the time. And then slowly, like, you know, but it's all came differently now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all changed now. So in, in terms of, okay, let's, let's take a positive spin. We're at 2021. Things progressed this year and we're almost, it, it might not happen this year, but then getting into very next year, we're back to normal. Well, oh, he's Mr. Optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to spin that because you know my business is on the line with it as well. But <laughs> assuming that's the case, is that the track that you, given the choice, that's what you want to do? I'll spend a little bit less time here. I'll go and do my traveling during those those sort of off-season times. Right. Leave the staff here to run it and then come back for high season. Yeah. So you want to have that kind of split. Um, well, we like to try it. You yeah, know? try it. Yeah. try it because, you know, in the last few years it, it, it's just really slowed down and lows in because of the change of cli yeah, clientele yeah. change of people coming here less Europeans more mm -hmm. Asian uh, a lot more re restaurants to choose from so uh, and also my staff been be, be with me many many years so their salary is going up mm -hmm. every year a bit yeah. so now you pay them <laughs> <laughs> once in a while I do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I even I actually keep it open so they can have a living, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, in many places. Too. Anyway, um, so if you, you look at, you can ask Sean. You know, your salary, staff salary, that's it's a big huge. chunk, you know. Yeah, yeah. So if you close it, which we used to, two months a year, um, one month like in the beginning of the raining season, like middle of May, we close for a month, and you know, we go travel, go to Europe or somewhere, and then open again July, August, which was okay. And September was again very rainy and very slow, so we close another month. And every time I would pay my staff full, so they wow. get two months paid holidays. Can I come and work for you? Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that later. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? No, Wasn't it? no. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, just to let you know, though, when you when it all can start travelling again, you do go travelling. You've got dogs, yeah? Do I have? Yeah, you got dogs. Yeah, I do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, if you need to be looked after <laughs> while you're mm -hmm. traveling, right. you can go to Canine Point Academy because oh, he has interesting. daycare, <laughs> week care, yeah. and monthly care. Got four of those. Yeah, there you go. go. Job done. Got four. Ten percent. Ten percent for me. Um, what's your favorite Thai dish to eat? 
So if you had to go for lunch or dinner, what would you? What would be the one thing you would order? I mean, there's many, really. Okay, well, but one of, one of my favorites is probably is like Gang Pet Pet Yang, which is like duck, mm -hmm. red duck curry, duck curry, roast duck curry. Absolutely, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I like the salads, which I of course now integrate in my yeah. in my place in, in some of the dishes. Like I like the salads because they're light, refreshing, they're, yeah. you know, they're tasty, they're a bit spicy like star bean salad, pomelo salad, and these kind of different salads, so, so magical, you know? And, uh, you know, I, there's many dishes. I eat Thai, I eat Thai every day, when you, sometimes um, twice a day. You know, when, when you're out there, and let's say you're having a pomelo salad, and you just get this creative idea, what's the process that you go through to then try to put something new on your menu? Right. Do you go and go to your restaurant, do you cook it, do you try it, do you get your friends, what's your, you know, how do you do that? Well, we, we, you know, we, we, first of all, we see what, what we can get ingredients, you know, and, and I don't want to have Thai food on the menu as, as such, because we're not a Thai, I don't want to mm -hmm. be a Thai restaurant, as others, even my staff, they're all brilliant, they're good cooks, mm -hmm. you know, they can do, they can do all these things. But then I ask him, okay, let's, let's do, I have this idea, let's do that salad or that curry and do it with, with some, a different way, you know. Like we do the lab guy, you know, everybody loves the lab guy, but you can get it everywhere. Usually comes a piece of lettuce or so. We put in a crispy cone, put a feta cheese on the bottom, mm -hmm. and you eat it like an ice cream cone. Yeah. And, and it's just- Russell's nodding and, and saying yes, he won't like that. No, I don't like feta cheese, but I, I, I've been, I've been right, to, I know right. what it looks I like. I love feta cheese. But you can do other things. Yeah, right? yeah, so, but, so that's but it's good, cool, but it's, I want it. it's doing, it's making those subtle changes and what have you that just- well, People are surprised, you know. Correct, they, yeah. It's yeah. Like, is you eat an ice cream like Cornetto, and then at the bottom there's a piece of chocolate, and you thought, oh, just eat this cone, and, and all of a sudden there's a piece of something good in there yeah. to finish it when, off with. Which is good, unless you get the strawberry Cornetto or the strawberry cone, <laughs> other Cornettos are available, and then it still has a chocolate bit at the bottom, which right. pisses me off, because I want the strawberry bit at the bottom, not a chocolate bit. Right. So no, it's not I'm positive. all for the chocolate bit myself. No, it should be a strawberry bit no. at the bottom of a strawberry cone. Chocolate bit all day long. No, not at all. That's did, just silly. Did you tell them? Yeah, I wrote to Walls, yeah, and I them? said, Dear Mr. Walls, <laughs> I'm very angry. Sort your shit out. <laughs> very angry. Yeah. Um, so what's the plan for, oh, sorry, so you're not going to, so Tatonka is the only one, you're not going to do any more, but what no. about, are you going to just, me out that's it, just Tatonka, yeah. you're just going to have this one letter, you know, and you're never going to move it, it's going to be there you forever. Know, 24 years I worked six days a week, now I got... Two yeah. days off a week. Finally, yeah. I really <laughs> enjoy that. So I can enjoy the island life a bit more. With one day off, you don't really go anywhere. You, you're really thinking about the next day, so you never get a break. That's why we usually close for a month and then I go away, completely. completely not off. even, not even hang around in Bangkok or somewhere else. You know, mm. I've been to other parts of Thailand in the early days, but now we just leave, right? Go, hopefully, overseas and one day. Because I love to travel. You know, it's just. Just, I have the travel book. I travel. Well, travel. That's, a, that? that's a good segue into Russell's next question. What's my next question? While you're thinking about that, um, what sort of things have you got on your bucket list? Bucket list. That was the next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've probably not, not a lot. Probably not a lot. I mean, for me, Well, it's thanks for being on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want a long list? You want <laughs> a short list? Short your list, actually, it, it's my travel thing is like South America. Mm -hmm. That's on the bucket list. Wh which okay. part though? Because there's many parts of South America. Various parts, you know. I've Good answer. Uh, yeah, 
I know it's just a big continent. It, yeah. <laughs> I've been as far as Mexico, but that's not really South America yet, yeah, right? Central. <laughs> so, also, also to go to, we always love to go to wine countries, you know, because obviously it's my passion as well, food and wine. When there's good food, when there's good wine, there's good food, mm. and so on. So Chile, Argentina would be fantastic. Brazil, of course, has yeah. has other lures why you want to go there, and. Uh, so those are three big countries, you know, to explore. Would love to go through the Amazon, and uh, so this is what's still missing in my travel repertoire. I've been to many places, but uh, uh, some places I don't want to go. But like, like some places in the Middle East, for instance. What's wrong with the Middle East? Okay, now we get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you're wearing. Is that an Africa yeah. T-shirt? Have you been to Africa? Love Africa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is on my size, you know, I've been there a few times now. Okay, whereabouts? Tanzania, Botswana, okay. South Africa. Love to go see well, the mate, animals. Nobody and, lives um, in Botswana. Your best mate, not my best mate, that was it. Fat Rob? <laughs> Fat <laughs> Rob lives in Botswana? He does indeed, yeah. Does he? Yeah. Mm. Hi, Fat Rob. I love it there. I mean, oh, it's, it's also Africa, so you love it or hate it. Yeah. You know, either go one time and never go back, or you go again and again and again. Yeah. It's just such a different world. And it's just still so much the same it hasn't changed the yeah. animals are still there i mean everything's just still very simple most places yeah you stay away from the cities right mm. but in the countryside i mean i remember i never forget like one of my best experiences flying in a small chestna four-seater over the okavanga delta this is just like you're watching national geographic national on Ge the big Live. screen yeah i mean it's just amazing you so know? you, you didn't need balloon. to be a national geographic a national giraffe <laughs> <laughs> you need to be a national giraffe get my words you out you saw those too the <laughs> giraffes you, you didn't need to be a no, for, i'll just fucking just start this bit a whole bit again you didn't need to be a national geographic it's, it's hard isn't difficult. it it's yeah. really hard to get this one out he didn't need, need to, to be, be a, a national, national geographic, geographic photographer, photographer. Yeah, yeah. that would have been the whole thing and we could have ended on that it's been a great podcast we've done the full circle but fuck it <laughs> can't be asked now ask another question yeah. I'd like to do that same thing but do it on the, the hot air balloons I like uh -huh. to do one of those trips over the Okavango they're noisy yeah. hot air balloons I don't think you'd enjoy it as much as you think you would because well, every two seconds you get <laughs> Up, what's wrong? Is it is exactly. it bursting? Oh yeah. Jesus! And then you get the quietness yeah. still. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. They give you a parachute when you Thanks go on those balloons, or yeah. Yeah. they do. <laughs> what happens, right? They give you a parachute when you go on these no, balloons. They no, do they don't. They don't. No. You're asking me. I've never been on one. They're just oh, okay. I doubt it. I'd never. I don't want to go in a hot air balloon. Really? Nah. nah. I mean, it does no seem a bit odd, to be honest. But it just. Moving so slow, but I also think, you're, you know. It's not just, yeah, moving slow, yeah. and you're, you're stood next to a gas tank. Yeah. That at any point could explode. And it's sending fire up into this it's not smoking flammable though, material. It? Huh? It's not smoking on the balloon, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> right, on this silly note. smoke there. <laughs> um, Tatonka's open right now, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, we close two days now. We close before it's only Sundays. Now we close Sundays and Mondays. Okay. So two days closed. So we open Tuesday to Saturday, six o'clock. Yeah, Excellent. So and booking's essential, I'm assuming, because you're maxed no, out all the time. No, only when mm -hmm. we do something uh, really special. You know, we started doing these wine pairing events, mm -hmm. wine pairing dinners, just to get people interested to something. Uh, of course, then soon after, everybody else started doing the same thing. You start with something and it's like, whoa, you know, let's do that yeah, too, yeah. right? But we keep doing it. The others, I think, stop doing it. <laughs> we keep doing this. Um, next one's coming soon. So we try to, to pick a theme or a country and pick the wines specifically 
you know, from this from this country, uh, grape varieties which are originally from there, and make a nice menu of five courses, five wines, and give it away almost for free. So, <laughs> making a good deal. Most people don't realize what a good deal is. Oh, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Do, do a nice shut I'm, up, I'm all about the dessert. Russell, really? shut oh, 100%. up. 100%. Our dessert menu is fantastic. And people get Russell, shut up. No. Compliments for dessert the wine? I tell you a story. You I have a dessert wine. You yeah, can have that ridiculous. anytime. I went to a, one of those Shane dinners. <coughs> you called the Shane that really posh the dinners where they have to wear the. Oh, they wrote dessert. The, yeah, all those they ones. put so the chain so around, around your neck, right? And you sat on a table. And I got invited to it. And it was this pairing of wine and food. And there's me sat there having no idea. Trying to think, yeah, it tastes like shit. Didn't like that, didn't like that, didn't like that, didn't like that. Don't, I don't understand wine and how it all flavours. Okay. Anyway, got to the dessert wine at the end. And I drank it and it was fizzy and it tasted like pineapple. So to me, it tastes like a can of lilt, which was <laughs> a, a tropical drink from the UK. It is a tropical. It was, yeah, totally tropical <laughs> taste. So I said to this table of 10 other people who were all food and wine experts, mm. oh, this tastes like a can of lilt. <laughs> <laughs> didn't go down very well, apparently. They didn't, I didn't get invited back. They expelled it then. I was expelled oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my story about chain dinners. Right. Does that I just don't have a palate for, for... I don't get it, though. I don't get caviar. I don't like the taste of fine wines. I just... It doesn't... Right. Maybe I'm just a... Well, it's a bit, I mean, there, there's a, wine there's is a really limit, though. I mean, like with certain wines, once you go like, to a, like a really, really ridiculously nice fine wine, well, well, I suppose with anything, like a really nice, proper, high-end, fine whiskey is different from having like if you're comparing a Jack Daniels with a Johnny Walker or a mate if it's not a Jaeger bomb I'm not interested <laughs> yeah. and on that note Tatonka is open make sure you go and book it you can go online and find it go on Facebook and find it Harold thank you very much for being on our little nice. podcast it was a pleasure it's been great very we look good. forward to um, going. but next time Russell you set this up can we do it at Tatonka in the evening so at least we can get some food otherwise he'll be slightly busy he'll be slightly busy Oh, no. would be busy, that's to, be, true. to be fair, yeah. unless we're going to yeah. do this in the kitchen, which would be rather hot. But true. you can interview somebody else in my place too. Very welcome to. Oh, Boom. Champion to that one. And yeah. you can have some food. So we'll do that before, we'll do that uh, before I eat my, my yeah. <laughs> And you have dessert <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Harold, thank hey, you. Cheers, Big H. Thank you Thanks. very much. Thanks. <laughs> cheers, Russell. Yeah, cheers, bye. Bye. Can't say that five times fast. What? Tatonka, tatonka. I can say Tatonka, Tatonka, Tatonka. What I can't say is National Geographic Photographer, <laughs> apparently. Which just, just said it now. <laughs> Jesus, that was a bit of a joke, wasn't it? <laughs> Terrible. Actually, I went out for dinner the other night to a place called Bella's House 1978, which is one of these home restaurants okay. where you have to book it before you go because it's not always open. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was telling everyone there at the, at the dinner, I was saying everyone, the four other people that were there, that I was a <laughs> podcast guy. And that's what I do for a living, interview people. And I just realised I'm terrible at talking. <laughs> I picked the wrong I job, Russ. Yeah, I can't anyway, talk. <laughs> that was Harold. Harold, the big H. Harold Schwarzenegger. Um, apparently, was that the joke you wanted to make? Well, no, it wasn't a joke. It was just it was the Schwartz, but without. I, I just oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, that's not going to go down very it, well, is no, it? No, no, that's hashtag that's Black Lives Matter type yeah, that's, thing. That's yeah, you can't dangerous use that ground, joke. unless you're in the states, in which case. At the Although minute, it is a very funny joke. I thought it was very good at yeah. the time. You could make it Niger, as in the country. So, are you from Niger? No, it doesn't no, work, does it? No, it doesn't work at no. all. Should we get back to Harold? Have we upset someone? Probably. Yeah, well, get Typi over typical. it. Typical. <laughs> get over it. Suck it up, buttercups. Go and, go and destroy the Congress, that's <laughs> what I say. <laughs> go on, team. Go and kick ass. Nice um, little segue there. Thank back you. to Harold. Uh, back that was, back that was good. <laughs> Interesting story. Uh, Harold is not Donald Trump, by the way. <laughs> <so> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> out. Yeah. I like Harold. and Very German. 
very German. Very efi- he was very efficient on that yep. podcast. He, mm-hmm. he told us, he, he's listened to a few because he was yep. ready to know, he knows what to say and had. <laughs> so I like him and he's a cool guy and his food. And I have to say, I haven't eaten there as much as I should do because I don't eat out very often because I'm a cheapskate. But the times I've eaten there, the food is awesome. It's really good. (laughs) It's really, really good. And I know that he's been on the island for a long time, so definitely. Didn't realise he'd been here quite that long, actually. To be honest. No, longer than us. That's for sure. There's only a few of us left that have been here this long. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Diminishing group. Put them all in prison and send them off somewhere. (laughs) No, I like Harold, and um, yeah, his his flavours are really eclectic, and Mm. I like that about his cooking as well. He's very eclectic, and it's not just. Thai Western fusion. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't put the no, buzzwords. No, and you, and you, you can see from his travels that he's obviously, and he, he mentioned it in the pod a couple of times, but yeah, he's picked the black up. Black and tuna once again. Yeah, that's yeah, us picked being up racist. Cer- yeah, yep. yeah, but picked up on certain things and thought, yeah, I can utilize this and I can utilize that um, to make his own style, which is nice. So, um, no, and again, it's great stuff in there. I like it. Top Gun, it's a great way to start the new year. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy, I haven't seen you. Did I, have I seen you this year? I, I, I have no idea what day it is. What everyone's like, oh, Happy New Year. I'm like, is it what? Well, did I miss something? When do we say? Well, when would you not? When say do you happy stop new saying year? Happy New Year? I thought it was always after the seventh, which was yesterday, which was Russian New Year. Happy Russian New Year. Um, Duh. I made a joke about that. Uh oh. I, I, I li- did it bomb. Yeah, it did. It, it was <laughs> terrible actually. What was I, it? I said you must go to the Russian New Year Christmas dinner. And, yeah, no one got it. <laughs> and then I was going to put, don't be stalling. <laughs> it's time to go. But yeah. That, yeah, that didn't. Should we move on? You want everyone to rush in to the Christmas Good dinner. One. Hey. Good one. Good one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so anyway, it, I don't know when you stop saying Happy New Year, but Happy New Year to you, the listener. Thank you for joining us. Um, we've got a good year planned. We sort of do. 2021. Yeah. Hasn't started the best, has it really? School's closed. I'm back to homeschooling. So the first the first nice. four days of this of this year were, were pretty good. I mean it's a it's a low bar coming in for last year, but the first four or five days were actually pretty good. It's been a bit bumpy since then, but anyway, look, my advice to everyone is stay positive, not COVID positive <laughs> or AIDS positive. So yeah. yeah, stay away from those two things. But stay positive, uh, wash your hands and all that sort of shit. But you know what? It's when you go to the doctor and say, I've got positive news for you. Is that a good thing? or <laughs> the, one <laughs> the one thing I did say to people, though, it, I've described this as this is that we're in the last 10 minutes of the game, of any game. It can be basketball, it can be rugby, it can be football, it can be hockey, it can be <laughs> netball. Don't give a shit. Is this, this is extra time as opposed to sudden death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, is it overtime? Oh God, now we're getting confused. Is it overtime? Because that keeps going if you draw, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah. anyway the, my point being is we're in the last 10 minutes and we're winning the game. Yeah. And what we, what we, some of us are doing is taking our foot off the pedal and we're making some changes, we're making some substitutions. So what you're saying is what we don't want to do is Liverpool and Anfield in 1989 against yeah. Arsenal. Don't take your foot off the pedal. You've got to Correct. keep going until that yeah. last little bit. Wear your mask, stop travelling to provinces where there's outbreaks. And just let's just get through this. Just chill the Honestly, fuck out. For the next few months, just my, chill the my fuck out. My kids are being taught by me. Yeah. I'm just leaving <laughs> that out there. So For the rest of the world, please understand. And remember, they're the future. Yeah, yeah. for the rest of the world, please understand. Uh, thank you for listening. Mr. kids listener. need um, to go to school. <laughs> go to uh, K9 Point Academy if you want to rent a dog. <laughs> rent a dog. <laughs> I just saw the sciences for rent. Uh, if you want to <laughs> leave your dog. <laughs> oh, God. If um, you want to board your dog, if you'd like to send them Russell. to daycare, yeah, or have some fun at the beach, club. or if you know how to talk, come and do a podcast with us. Oh uh, yeah, no, go to K9 Point Academy, check it out, check out his barkcast. There's some great advice there, especially if you're getting a new puppy. Yes, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so but if you want to check out the Jola Shark and Friends and all the other stuff that we do, go to phuketpodcast.com. That's it. 
Thank you very much, listener, Just for listening. Patrick. Thank you, Russell, for talking. Thank you. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>